Wait, are we going, going? We're going, going. Oh, wonderful. Oh, hello. And welcome to If It's Gay, We Play, the podcast where we change locations sometimes, I guess. Yeah, we're in a different place we're today. We're in a different house. We're, we're in somebody else's house. We're in the house where Aaron is puppy sitting. Yeah. And, and cat sitting. There is a very cute hairless cat that we are yes. going to post pictures of. I'm so sorry, but... Why? I'm so sorry to the owner for not getting payment for these images of the copyrighted animal. That, that works. Oh. <laughs> We're not getting paid for the images either. What? We're not? Yeah. Oh, shit. Um, anyway, my name is Hannah. My pronouns are she, her, hers. My name is Kai. My pronouns are they, them, theirs. Uh, there's a really cute puppy here. Her name is Wednesday, and she's scared of everything, she's and she's only three months old. Yeah, she's very sweet. And yeah, then she's incredibly sweet. Pink is very round and hairless. Yeah, pink is a hairless cat. And both of those things are very homosexual. And I just want to say that I have never touched a hairless cat before until today. And I have always suspected that they would feel like warm peaches. Um, and, oh, baby, they do. I'm so glad. I am also so glad. I have never been happier in my life to be touching a warm peach. Uh-huh. A very, a very chubby, good, warm peach. It's a good cat. It's a very good cat. All cats are good. Yes, agree. Uh, all dogs are good. All dogs are also good is uh-huh. the thing. It is only people who are bad. Uh-huh. Correct. So, uh, Hannah... Yes, Kai. What would you say is the most homosexual thing that you have done this week? Um, I went on a roller skating date last again. night. Again, Did you used that before. Well, yeah, it's a gay. It's date. gay both times, and I went on a different date last night. Um, and I rented quad skates, and I only fell twice. Oh, congrats! Um, we roller skated and held hands. That's very nice. Which was very gay. Um, other than that, it's been a hot minute since we recorded because mm-hmm. uh, we recorded two episodes in rapid succession. Were you uh, able to hear that? What? It doesn't matter. Okay. Um, and uh, cut that out. Um, we recorded two episodes. <laughs> In rapid succession, and I don't remember. I think that was probably the gayest thing that I've done in the last since we recorded. Sorry, uh, I'm like <laughs> with the to mic think stand. Of anything else that's gay uh, that you've done, and I can't. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. I had sort of an uneventful week and change. Uh, I was kind of depressed because it turns out I got my period really early, and it's a really bad period. So happy anyway. International Women's Day. I guess. It is. Um, oh yeah. Well, I was just saying. I guess in response to. Oh yeah. It was. It was a joke about cis normativity and gender essentialism. I see. Thank you. Um. Because <laughs> people have been making a lot of posts about periods today. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Kai, what's the gayest thing you've done since we last recorded? I am so happy that you care and that you've asked, Hannah, because my gayest thing that I've done this week was also yesterday and also with lasagna, Hannah's. Uh-huh. Lover. New boo. Um, I uh, lasagna. Yes, your lover lasagna. I uh, was on her podcast with her friends, which is a podcast about dreams and talking about them, which I feel like people make jokes that dreams are really boring and listening to someone else's dream is really boring, but I personally find it very invigorating and fascinating. And we ended up talking for like two hours, and I think they have to cut some of that audio footage because... Boy, howdy was not all of it related to anything. And then afterwards we got donuts. And I think those that combination of things, talking about dreams, being on a podcast, oh, getting on tangents, I getting think. donuts, 
those are all incredibly homosexual. And I also think that hanging out separately from your uh, from your Hannah with Hannah's lover, Lasagna, mm-hmm. in my position, is a very homosexual thing to do as well. Or like hanging out with your best friend's partner without your friend? Hanging out with uh, your, yes. Yes. Oh, hi. Hi, little pink. Oh, no, she's trying to pull me down with her claws. No, you can't. No, you can't yes, ask me. Pink. No, you I'm can't sorry, have Kai. Me. They need to podcast. Oh, no, oh, no, she's stuck. Oh, no. Hold on, we got a cat situation. Cat I got it. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. wow, that was very heavy. That was surprisingly heavy. Yeah. She had her full weight on my shirt. <laughs> She's a chunk. She's a big boy. I know. She, oh, chunk. Oh, she, ch- coming. she chunky girl. She certainly is coming, and she is coming directly for my nice shirt, and uh-huh. I hate it. She chunk. Um, chunk. I do. Chunk. I actually loved it. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think polyamory is homosexual. I think it is. Uh, yep. Yep. Uh, and I think that dreams are gay, and I think donuts are gay. Yes. We also went to Blush and Blue to use their ATM. Did, oh, is Voodoo's not working? Yeah, but then I found out that Voodoo takes debit cards now, so oh, <laughs> it's nice. just kind of pointless all around. Yeah. But it was fun to see Blush and Blue, uh, one of the one of the queer bars in uh, Denver, mm-hmm. during the daytime, because I feel like it's always very weird to see like a bar during the day when like there's two people there. And one of them looks really mysterious and is wearing an eye patch, and another oh. one is visibly trans. I was stared. I was fascinated by these two individuals. I'm sure that they loved the fact that you were staring. I at was them. not staring. Okay. Like actually, I was just like, "Oh, trans. Yes, me too. Hello. Uh, so um, what's uh, what you play? Oh my God, Hannah. Oh, okay. never mind. I can do that after. What are you playing? Oh wow, that was such a uh. uh I forgot that I had an important thing. Okay, that was a big. Uh, <laughs> I have two important things. It was a big emotional roller coaster. I'm so sorry. So let's see. What are you playing? Is it? Should we do that now? Or no, should we? no, no, no. You just, you just tell me what you're playing, baby. Okay. Just go for it. All right. I feel like you're gonna munch squad me. No. Uh, <laughs> I am playing mostly Super Smash Bros. Uh, I played went real hard on the Beat Saber the other night. Mm. I played a little bit of to the top. To the top continues to be extremely fun. Um, I wasn't playing as many games in the past um, uh, time that we have recorded. Since uh, we've last spoken. Since we've last spoken. Hannah and I never talk outside of uh-huh. the context of this podcast. Um, but I think those are the three things that I've played. So someday maybe I'll play different games. Maybe next, next this week I'll play different games. That's the dream, right? Playing, uh-huh. playing new games? But those are the games that I've been playing. Um, something that I do want to ask is, Aaron, what are you playing this week? Oh! <laughs> oh! Uh, Hi, um, I'm producer Aaron. My pronouns are he, him, his. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Aaron. Hello, thank you. Um, I have been playing uh, the game of capitalism this week as I apply to hundreds of jobs. Um, that is uh, almost not an exaggeration, as I think I've applied to at least 60. So we're getting there. In what field? All, of All over the place. Sound design, copywriting, technical writing, marketing, communication, social media. Um, yeah, so far, uh, I've been hit back by a couple pyramid schemes uh, mm, similar mm. to like Cutco, where mm-hmm. you stand mm-hmm. in Costco and, and, sure and, and sell things to people as they walk in the door, which I'm going to say no. no thank, thank you. you. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. No. Um, 
But yeah, and besides that of it, I played one, no, I played six rounds of Apex with oh, Charles and Dylan. What? And I played Kingdom Hearts 3. Why tell me? I well, have because, it installed and I've been wanting to play with you all. Well, because we had a full party of three. That's the problem oh, with Apex. It, oh, you can't do three? more than three. I also, um. Which is a weird number. So. I've played maybe ten rounds and the learning curve is so st- Steep. There's a cat. Steep. That I just had no idea how to figure out how to do it. So oh, I was yeah, the bullet drop is totally... I, I'm very frustrated with Apex, uh, and just all Battle Royale games really favor... Oh, that's the cat. <laughs> Hold on. No, Hank, no. No, 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 honey. Honey, girl. honey come here. She's my favorite. Oh, She's she favorite. left her goop. Oh, no. Look she at left the her face goop, goop on the microphone. Oh, oh no. <laughs> You're oh. gross. She's, she's a really destructive force. Um, yeah, no, the game, Battle Royale games are just designed to favor streamers at yeah, this point. That's true. Because that's basically how they make their money and get their uh, the people signed up to play. Yeah, and I think Apex Legends is definitely designed with streamers in mind because each game is like, what, 20 minutes long or something? They're very fast-paced and very intense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think, yeah, so I, I don't but know. But it's fun. I, yeah. I enjoy it. I, I just what try I not to care too much. Sure. Um, but yeah, so well, hopefully oh, I get to play more soon. I look once I get a job that doesn't have me working twelve-hour shifts. God bless you. Uh, let me know next no, time you're on, and maybe computer. we can figure out anything about that don't game, that video computer. game. Thank you for sharing, Aaron. Yeah. Thanks for the update. It's so covered in poop. Um, so much of it. <laughs> do you want to bring your microphone back to your face, Hannah? I'm trying. There's a cat. I understand. Okay. Oh, All right. Oh. <laughs> oh, Miss Pink. You're a nuisance. I love her so much. She's great. Holy shit. I hope the listeners will enjoy her when they see pictures of her smushy little face and then they know why we're yelling and having struggles. So um, what I've been playing this week is pretty much, I think, I tried beating the boss in Vampire the Masquerade again. Did not go well. I am also playing the game of capitalism applied to a lot of jobs. I got an interview, which is great. Uh-huh. but uh, that I'm very excited about. And um, I've mostly been playing Super Smash Bros. Oh, kisses and nibbles. Oh, she's trying to eat your finger. Cute. Uh, I've mostly been playing Super Smash Bros. Ultimate because I just tr- could not play Vampire the Masquerade because I could not beat the boss. And I'm then telling I tried you, dude. To play... Just I know, look I'm, the boss up at this to. point. I might have to. And then um, I tried to play Apex Legends by myself, and I was like, oh, this game has the steepest learning curve of any game that I have ever attempted to play in my entire life. Wow. And I've played a lot of multiplayer shooters, right? And I've played a lot of Battle Royale games, but I have not played anything as hard as Apex Legends. You look like a Makes me feel uh, silly. Yeah. Um, But Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, I've just been fucking crushing my way through that game. I'm at the final boss. Uh, of I only spirits took, Yeah, of spirits. Uh, and I only took a couple cracks at it. Um, Defeated the Master Hand already. So I'm excited to uh, finish Weird. Spirits and then hopefully start playing uh, with other people and just maybe being really good at the game now that uh-huh. I've defeated the Spirits and some of the Spirits on the Spirits board. I don't know. Super Smash Bros. has just been really fun. I um, I read an article uh, on Autostraddle about how Super, Shma- Super Smash Bros. and the character of Peach really helped this one trans woman like find herself and identify with like femininity through that that particular video game Super Smash Bros throughout the years and I just thought that that was really cool. I don't know. That is very cool. Well, thank you. Sorry, I don't want the cat put her poop back on my water bottle. No, I get it. So, uh, Hannah. Yes, Kai. I have a call-out corner written by a listener for 
you. Oh, what I say? So, um, last episode. You're gross. Last episode, we were talking about um, when we were sitting at a uh, brewery, uh-huh. and we were talking about how uh, I don't like making women feel uncomfortable or unsafe, and you were saying like always play the game of uncomfortability or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, so what well, one of our listeners has said is, uh, oh, and you were making fun of them for being uh, afraid of what looked like a teen boy, like uh-huh. a very nice teen boy. Um, one of our listeners said that male violence comes in all ages. Being fearful of a teen boy is not something that should be dealt with by that feminine person slash femme slash woman. But let's talk about how even grown folks are scared of seemingly young slash masculine men. Mm-hmm. Uh, young mask, mask people slash men, sorry. Uh-huh. Um, and I just thought that that was a really interesting point because that's pretty much the the rule that I operate under. And I feel bad that I didn't disagree with you further on the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just I want to bring that topic up again real quick. Yeah, I think that's completely fair. And I think I, I mean, I agree with the listener that like, masculine violence does come in all like oh she's licking my arm all ages and all forms um i just think i was referring to you specifically that you are like the least threatening looking person that i know but also like i know you yeah Um, but i just think you look particularly unthreatening i guess i was only making fun of those people for being like uncomfortable with you in the context of it being like a brewery in the middle of the day and you being like visibly trans and queer I guess is more what I was making fun of those people for. Like, I wouldn't, like, like walking alone at night, like you crossing the street and stuff, I think that's very, like, courteous. Like, I, I don't disagree with any of those actions. Um, but I guess those specific people in the brewery, I was just, like, I don't know, when we were talking in the greater context of, like, the straights and how the straights were uncomfortable mm-hmm. sitting near us. To me, that's how it felt, was, like, we were very visibly queer and you were very visibly trans in the context of this brewery. And, like, that felt more, like, why they wanted to, like, get away from you, not because you were, like, a masculine person. Like, no, I think sure. if you had I been, mean, like, a very, context. a quote, very, like, cis, quote-unquote, cis-looking man, I don't think there is such a thing, but, like, what they would perceive there as... Uh, I think that they wouldn't have been nearly as uncomfortable as the fact that you were very visibly like queer and trans. Maybe. I mean, I have no guarantees either way, but I do definitely think that uh, our a message that I support moving forward in our platform is supporting individuals who are, uh, well... Pretty much everyone is like uh, a survivor of the patriarchy, right? And all of the things that comes along with it, especially uh, women, femmes, and like feminine people yeah. um, on this International Women's Day, which does not necessarily include all of us. Uh, I am more likely to be read as a woman when I am around other people that people perceive to be women. Mm-hmm. Women. Um, yeah, that's so, that's so like when we go out, even when you like have facial hair, sometimes we get perceived. We get as ladies, ladies. Yeah. yeah, and and that's and that's a whole other thing. I think probably those women were less likely to be wanting to be around us because we were queer, mm-hmm. not because I was. Um, Red as a man. You Red as a man, necessarily. However, I do want to say that I think that uh, anyone who is perceived as masculine by people in that group ha- uh, 
can has the be potential. the objects of fear. And no, I completely and that's agree. Like okay. No, I completely but agree. It's it, but it's all like so fucking contextual and gray area, mm-hmm. which is part of the reason why I want to talk about it because like when um when like a trans woman or trans femme person goes into a women's bathroom, right? And women get all, uh, and all the cis women in there get like all up in arms about it because they're like, there's a man in this bathroom yeah, or whatever. Yeah. That I think is fucked up. But also, I know a lot of people who are in that situation who sometimes, uh, in spite of their own safety, will use other bathrooms or not use a bathroom in that situation at all because they don't want to be read as making, like, cis women scared. Because making cis women scared is something that I think trans people are constantly on the lookout for. Mm-hmm. Um, just because those people, a lot of times, are our primary aggressors. Mm-hmm. Um, like, as I've said before, I'm more likely to get clocked in the women's bathroom as anything than in the men's bathroom. But the consequences are more physically violent in the men's bathroom. But the consequences are much more emotionally violent in, like, a women's bathroom. So... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's definitely a complex issue, and I appreciate uh, that listener for uh, sharing their uh, insight into our conversation Mm -hmm. because it's always different when you're in the conversation than when you're listening to it from the outside. So, yeah. No, I completely agree, and I I agree with all of that. I just think in that, and I think I went about it wrong, but in that context, and I think it is supported by the fact that the brewery was full of mostly perceivably cis het people oh, yeah, bunch of, who are all strength. sitting very like in close proximity to each other because it's a very crowded brewery yeah. and that I don't think they would have like scuttled away if they hadn't read us as queer and oh, you no, as totally. trans. I mean, like, we've talked about the queer bubble before recently. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think that's more what it was is like, uh, yeah, I don't think I agree with what I said in the context of like, how could anybody be threatened by you? But I was talking specifically about you. I wasn't talking about like teen boys in general because I'm definitely like, if I'm walking down the street and I'm I see like more scared of teen boys, I'm not more scared of teen boys. But I, well, when depending I'm on the situation, yeah, when I'm walking down the street, if any like person I read as a man, if I'm walking down the street at night is walking near me, I tense up and get nervous. Oh sure, like I totally understand that experience, um, and I experience that experience all the time. Um, but I was specifically talking about, uh, you specifically Kai and how you always have a pleasant little smile on your face. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm still masculine though. No, I know. And I think it would be a very different situation. I'm just talking about in a crowded brewery in the middle of the day when everybody was sitting really close to each other because they had to, because it was packed. Uh, it was very clear that they were specifically avoiding you. Because, because you were I'm queer as queer. opposed to because because you're a man. A man. Because I think again, if you had been like any of the other like bearded dudes in that brewery, they might have scooted a little bit, but it would have wouldn't have been such a like scuttling to the opposite side of the table. Oh sure. Uh, as again, as supported by the fact that all the tables were packed with people who were sitting very close to yeah, each other. Yeah, I mean it's interesting. And we were two of the only like visibly queer people yes. in that brewery. I think it's interesting how uh, transphobia. And, like, misogyny and response to misogyny um, and, like, um, uh, homophobia can all intersect in that very Mm -hmm. interesting, like, social space um, because there's so many different variables that go into all of those things and people's individual experiences in relation to all of those things and the ways that people feel in relationship to that. I think it is hard for me to parse through those experiences unless I am living them or unless I had 
had the opportunity in like a place where one of those women, where one of those people felt safe to ask them what factors led you to move. Yeah. Like I I would never know otherwise. So I can only act on what I think um, would be my worst case assumption, which is Mm -hmm. that they are afraid of me because I am a man. So that's like all I can really do while also preserving myself as a homosexual and as a trans. That's so fucking funny. Um, Aaron's carrying the cat away from us and she just looks like a little lump of little flesh like that is being carried. Lump. Yeah, it's so sweet. Um, um, and see, I wasn't, I mean, and I've never, of course, had your experience of sure. being trans and being read as a man and et cetera, but I was operating, I guess, more contextually on, again, it's a crowded brewery, it's the middle of the day, there's a bunch of other people around um and i don't think that they would have read threat or danger from you if you had just been like a dude i do just want to say that there can still be threat or danger in no, all of those i i i understand and yeah, I, I agree I just i'm just saying that like it. i think most people's there can be but most people's reaction is not to read danger as a first assumption in that i don't want to like generalize to most people i just think like the human brain it depends. Like, if you get anxious in crowds, that's a different thing. Yeah, and we um, also don't know those women's history. I'm sorry, those people's history with uh, with masculine or men. People. No, I completely agree. I'm just saying, again, to me, it was very clear that that was a situation of them wanting to get away from the two mm. visibly queer people in that brewery until those other visibly queer people came and sat right exactly. next to yes, us. Yeah. And that's all the context in which I am reading that interaction. No, that's totally fair. Um, I have a second uh, not call-out corner, well, kind of call-out corner, from our uh, good friend Marquez uh, from Tabletop Potluck, who was on, who was on one of our past episodes. You're all right. Um, Marquez had some things to say about our uh, queer smashdown. Oh, event. I knew, I knew somebody was going to disagree with us. I knew somebody was going to disagree with us too. So Marquez had a great point about Wario that we had not considered. Is that Wario is a capitalist? In. Wario is a capitalist. All that Wario is about is seeking out gold. Mm-hmm. That's not gay. No, it's it's antithetical. It is antithetical to queerness, and I totally didn't even think about that. However, being greedy does fall under. Uh, uh, negative traits that a person can have, and Wario does embody all of the negativity that we require from uh, Leo Bersani's idea of homo negativity and embodying the negative as a homosexual. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Um, yeah, he's just trying to a counter argument to that is he's just trying to like function in the world and get on top in a world that doesn't want him. So he's trying to just get that bread like the we way all that are. He can. Yeah. yeah, but That's he's still my... being taken advantage of by a system that none of us really understand. I know, and I'm just saying he's trying to function within that system and mm-hmm. I don't I think that is not necessarily uh uh a negative quality. So That's I would argue point. against Marquez that I don't know that he's a capitalist for the sake of capitalism. I think he's trying to get gold because again the world doesn't like want him. He's like Mario's like shunted cousin or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And so he's trying to just like get on top and get that bread and like thrive in a system that doesn't want him to thrive. Well, Marquez, come back at us. Uh, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm just saying. But I think that's a counter argument to what Marquez said. No, it definitely is a counter argument. So next, next things next. Marquez also says that we undersold piranha plants for three reasons. Mm-hmm. Number one. They are round. Number two, their head is round. Feet. The rest of them isn't. Number three, their side taunt is a twirl that is extremely adorable. And then they sent me a vi- and then he sent me a video of. Oh, I'm not able to play the video because I uh, turned airplane mode on, so my phone wouldn't go off. 
This is also an audio medium. I'm yeah. playing it for Hannah so she can see it. I'll just watch it later. Here's my counter argument to that. Uh, you have to pay to get the piranha plant, and we're not going to. So it can't, piranha plant cannot be the queerest or any higher on the queer list because you have to pay to get them. And well, there you, you have, have to pay folks. extra money. Not everybody gets access to the piranha plant. It's not a populist uh, character because you have to pay extra money to get the piranha plant. And I have no interest in doing so. Great point, Hannah. Mm-hmm. Great points mm-hmm. all around the board. I um, stand by our bracket. I uh, Listen, I also stand by our bracket, but I appreciate the fact that people want to engage with our bracket. And if you have any other thoughts on the bracket, please continue to send them in, and we will continue to out-debate you because you can't respond in real time Uh to what we're saying. Piranha Plant feels like a a Katy Perry type of gay icon where, like, they just want your money. You know what I mean? And just racist things. Well, I don't think the Piranha Plant says racist things. No, but that Katy was, Perry does. Yeah, Katy Perry does. That's I'm just saying it's like an exploitative type of like, they mm. want to appeal to the gays, but you have to pay to get it. You know what like I mean? Madonna? Yeah. So that just feels very like, they are capitalist. Oh, no. Wario is like a John Waters style trying to get on top and like- I don't think John Waters has ever wanted to be rich. No, but I don't think Wario just wants to be rich for the sake of getting rich. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. I feel like I, I don't know enough about Wario to necessarily agree or disagree now that I'm thinking about it. Well, fine. Do um, you? You I, can tell I've, me. I've, I've I said, believe you. I've said what I've said. All right. And uh, the piranha plant is a symbol of capitalism because you oh, have to pay boy. to unlock it. Oh, boy, howdy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Aren't all games a symbol of capitalism, though, because we had to pay to unlock Super Smash Bros. Ultimate? No, because that's different because you have to, like, yes, it's all under capitalism, but, like, you have to pay to buy a book to read it. Or you go to the library. Like, you can rent games. Yeah. Um, But, like, so we had to pay for it up front, but, like, paying for a piece of media is different than having to, like, than, like, loot crates. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, fair point. Yeah. So uh, that's that's our Smash Smash update. Yeah. Fucking at me. I stand by what I said. All right. God bless you, Hannah. God bless all of us. Tabletop Potluck is a diverse actual play podcast showcasing the wide world of pen and paper role-playing games. Whether you're an experienced player or a newbie, you're welcome to sit at our table and see what we've brought to the potluck. Tabletop Potluck is one of our favorite podcasts, and they have previously been guests on our show before, and we just love them very much, and we're very excited that they're in our lives. Um, I think that if you like any sort of like pen and paper role-playing games, or you're gay, or you're both of those things, you should probably check out this podcast. Uh Uh-huh. I wrote a little jingle for them. Tabletop Potluck, it's also a podcast. We think that you'll like it a lot. So something that I've been thinking about um, a lot this week because I got into this discussion with one of our listeners and one of my friends, uh about how I was differentiating the terms gay and queer or LGBT and queer Mm -hmm. because I believe that those are different terms. Mm -hmm. And I'm uh, I'm coming at this both from a base of uh, extensive academic research background into I know she clean. Yeah, watching um, the sorry, watching the I know, I was cat watching clean the whole her time face you were is very good. Like such an asshole. It should be um, clear that this is this is a hairless cat. It, yeah, it's hairless. she has no hair. And uh, I believe we said that, but just to reiterate, this is a hairless cat. She's, she's so cleaning hairless. her little face and it's really good. Um she kissed both Hannah and I. Um yes. okay. So 
so I, this is coming from both a wealth of personal experience, not like a full wealth, because I've only been gay since like for 10 years. That's not a very long time in the scheme of things. Um, and it's, it's about half it's your about, life. Well, then, you yeah, just haven't been alive that life. long. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Um, and also a lot of a lot of background research and understanding of what it means to be gay uh, and what it means to be queer uh, from a lot of like community experiences as well as like academic thought on the subject. And my personal belief and understanding is that uh, to be LGBT is not a choice because I don't know what it is about somebody that makes them homosexual or transgender, uh-huh. but I do know that I... I don't feel like I don't know like if I don't I don't know if I feel like it's biological because that seems kind of like a going down a eugenics path that I don't want to super yeah. want to explore but I feel like I don't I didn't have a choice about mm-hmm. any of these things except I feel like being queer is a choice and mm-hmm. I feel like I did have a choice about the ways in which I pursued those things. Yeah. So let me let me let me explain what I view to be the difference between LGBT and queer. Okay. Is I think that queer is sort of like what we were talking about with Lario earlier, which is uh, embodying slash enacting and practicing um, anti capitalist, anti colonialist, anti racist, anti uh, all of the systemic injustice that we experience in the world. And working towards that and not necessarily uh, conforming to those systems that mm-hmm. exist and actively trying to fight against them, whether by choice or by uh, the nature of the way that you are, you are uh, Im- embodying some or all of that antithetical stuff. And then I know a lot of white cis lesbians who are in their 40s and live in the suburbs and have uh, like 1.5 kids and a white picket fence Mm. and are living that um, sweet American dream. And I know a lot of trans people who choose um, not to to try to conform to cis-normative standards of attractiveness and appearance as much as possible. Um, And be like very very stealth to everyone and i don't think that either of those choices that those people are making are bad i don't want to say that i fault any people who make those choices but i do think that they are kind of leaving the rest of us who either can't conform to those standards of whiteness or attractiveness or conformity or who don't want to because we're seeking something different Mm-hmm. So that's my interpretation of it. Sorry to go on a long monologue there, but that's just kind of the place that I want to start us off from. Totally. Because it is honestly a hot topic debate because, like, what is something that is queer and what is something that is gay? And how do you tell if somebody is queer or gay? Mm-hmm. Like, and who, who quote-unquote, gets to identify? Like, is there gatekeeping? Should there be? I think that queer is sort of multifaceted. I think it's a word that, oh, she wants up. It's a word that means different things in different contexts. So, like, I think I use queer two ways. Like, I think you can be gay without being queer, which is yeah. kind of what you're saying. Like, uh, like 
homo capitalism is gay, but it's not queer. Like uh, um, like the way that Pride has turned into uh, an advertisement for course in our town. Yeah, it's a uh, corporate pride, and like Pride is also multifaceted, right? Because yeah, like, it is. On the one hand, it's course sponsored, and that's how it gets to exist, and that makes it. There's a lot of like obviously icky capitalism and disgusting capitalism. Because like Pete Coors is a big fucking piece of shit. Uh, but also, it's the year's biggest fundraiser for the center, and the center does incredibly important yes. work. So it's like, it's multifaceted in that way. Don't you put your little face on the mic. <laughs> um, it's multifaceted in that way. You're so cute, and you're such a nuisance. Oh, we're having cat We're issues. having cat technical difficulties. Um, <clears throat> but oh, that... <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's complicated because uh, again, it like raises a bunch of money for the center, and the and center we need needs money, money and we need the center, just um, like Wario. Yeah, so like under capitalism, we have to exist under capitalism until mm-hmm. we are able to like dismantle it. And so in the meantime, like, how do we thrive, right? And yeah. that might be an unpopular opinion, but I do think there is something to be said for working within the system to gain advantage in the system. Sure, the liberal feminist agenda. Right, but I don't I think there's ways to do it other than that. I think there's ways to I'm not saying that like it's a bad thing. I'm not saying like neoliberal or politically liberal. I'm saying liberal versus radical feminism. Yeah. Well, radical feminism is Well, that's a, I'm talking about second wave like in a different time, I guess, cuz the way the the way that I'm referring to it is liberal is working within the system to dismantle the system and radical is working outside of the system to dismantle okay. the system. Um, and I think you can do both. Like I think it's possible sure, to do both. Yeah. I don't think you have to do either or, especially now in like post like the debt, like the end stage, late stage capitalism. That's You've the word. You've been calling it like late, late stage capitalism. Yeah, we've, been, we've called it like late, late stage capitalism yeah. or like the end times of capitalism. The, the denouement of capitalism. I think then it's like we're in the most postmodern era where like nothing really matters and you can do whatever you want all the time. And so I think that's something that I think. And so like, I think you have to like maintain your principles, but I think you can do both. I think you can work within and without side sure. of the system. Cause like, as people say, it's like, why do you want this job? It's like, because the threat of starvation is ever present, right? Like if I could not work for like minimum wage or whatever, I wouldn't, or like we didn't have to work, we wouldn't, but like we have to have jobs to live. Yeah. And a lot of queer people end up working for Starbucks cause it's one of the biggest LGBT, et cetera, employers. And like, yeah, Starbucks is a big evil corporation, but like you got to feed yourself yeah, and no, you got exactly. to pay your rent. You have to get health insurance. And you have and to get Starbucks health insurance cover, and Starbucks oh, will yeah, cover that. Starbucks, Starbucks will, will, will send help. you to college. Like yeah. Starbucks treats their employees really well. A lot of my friends work for Starbucks or have worked for yeah, Starbucks. Yeah, I worked for Starbucks. I mean, I worked for Tivana, so it was a Starbucks mm-hmm. subsidiary, but like I worked for Starbucks for four years yeah. or I, I guess I worked for Tivana for two and then Starbucks for two yeah. um, because of the buyout. Um but yeah, so there's all that, and it's kind of, so like, that's all, you can be queer and engage in those systems to a degree, um, without falling prey to those systems, like, I think it is possible for people to do that, um, but, so I think I, I use queer as, an, in the on the one hand, as like an umbrella term to just like not want to assume people's sexuality or gender, no, and sure. to just point it be with Kai and like point at somebody in public and be like hey queer. a queer yeah um as like an umbrella term when like I don't know yeah and I think a lot of assume. right and I think especially like a lot of like older 
queers don't uh, like that term don't like that term because it's a reclaimed slur and that doesn't feel reclaimed it to them on that's which fair. older individual you're talking about I know about. I'm that's why I said a lot Oh I know I'm just saying like and some of and, and some of them uh would prefer would prefer a different terminology mm-hmm. so sometimes if the person is older I'll say like they look like they're in the family which is a term yeah. that a lot of us feel comfortable mm-hmm. with and like know and are familiar yeah, with Yeah and I know a lot of younger queers who still use that mm-hmm. which I think is great I think uh, it is great uh, like I was sitting next to somebody who was a regular at the coffee shop that I got fired from, um, <laughs> at a different coffee shop. I'll shit talk them. They fired no, me over I know. text I'm, that's message. That's why I'm saying Yeah. Because angry grumble. Yep. I was sitting at a different coffee shop and he sat down next to me and I was like, oh, hey, we chatted for a minute. And he said something about like, I don't remember what we were talking about, but he was like, they're in the family. And it was just so, because that person is no probably no older than 25 by looking at them. Yeah. And uh, it was just fun. It's just fun to like still have those community markers mm-hmm. or like so to ask if a place is family friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you were asked that once. I was. And it took me an embarrassingly long time to figure out what it meant. I was a younger person at yeah. this point in time. Um, <clears throat> and it was just weird in context because we were like the only two people at the bar and I had a rainbow bracelet and it just felt, this person was from like the South. They're from a very different place. Yeah, and they were like visiting Denver. Yeah, we're in Denver. You can pretty much just say like, hey, is there a gay bar? And be like, yeah. Like we're we're lucky to live in a very, in a city where it's generally just fine. And also- like even a stranger. Yeah. Generally. Well, a stranger wearing rainbow bracelets, yeah, right? Like a visibly like queer somebody, stranger. Yeah. yeah. Somebody who is clearly in the family. Um. It's also a city where, like, two guys got stabbed coming out of a nightclub fairly recently for being gay. It's a city so, where like, both of us have experienced uh, homophobic attacks. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's a city where, like, on the day to day, yeah, on the day to day, I feel like very comfortable just yeah. like walking down the street. No, totally. It depends on where I am too, right? Like, if I'm yeah. Lodo, I feel less comfortable, but also Lodo sucks ass and should Lodo be burnt does to the suck ground. Ass. Um, except like El Chapultepec can stay, uh, but the rest of Lodo can go. Um, so on the one hand, I use it, right, like as a shorthand sort of umbrella term and as an identifier for myself. Yes. Um, but on the other hand, I think it's kind of like how I've talked, I think I've talked on the podcast before about how I think you can have a plant-based diet without being vegan and that I think vegan is as much a political identity as anything. And like if you just eat plants but you don't like give a shit about like where your food is sourced and like how it's farmed and like the human cost of that and like... Whether you're the pro, the like otherwise the products you buy are like tested on animals or like ethically sourced yeah, then you're and not so vegan. forth. No, you're not vegan. You're just eating a plant based diet. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that vegan carries to me vegan carries a, a set of political convictions and identities and so forth, um, as opposed to just like again not eating animal products. Because um, and especially like trendy dietary vegans, like a lot of them are like I don't say a lot of those people, but. When it's trendy to be vegan and people are like, oh my God, I'm just not eating meat right now. But they like don't care about like human rights or abuses. Or like when it's or like, weight or whatever. Yeah, or like civil rights issues or like any uh, like leftist politics. Like I think vegan is a leftist political identity, sure. frankly. I, I don't think you that. can be right wing and be vegan because you don't have the politics that support like the lives that are the like sanctity of all living beings which is sort of a core tenet of veganism I have a question for you actually yes. that was just uh, raised for me when you were talking about that can you not do you think it, <laughs> the cat is, not is, Kai <laughs> that was funny is do you, if vegan is a political identity um, is not eating animals a required tenet of that political identity yes. 
because I could imagine somebody who lived on like a farm and like raised their animals from birth to death and ate those animals and that doesn't participate in factory farming, which no. I think is probably the evilest part no, totally. of the entire and system. And I think that person can be very leftist. They're just not vegan. Yeah. And that's fine. Like vegan is a political identity, but like not eating animal products is the like no, sure. core I think, definition of that. Not but some people would products. also say that somebody like me who identifies as lesbian doesn't have a right to that term because of a variety of things. Like somebody who is a lesbian is a woman who is attracted to women, words mean things. And I do think that in this postmodern era, words can mean a lot of things. I agree. That we don't necessarily, um, that we are literally breaking down because I do think that we are breaking down the semantic nature, the semiotic nature of all of the things Mm -hmm. that are currently existing because there's just a proliferation of things and things that are happening on the internet. So things are just gathering all these new meanings and throwing away old ones. So I'm just curious about that I, that I, um, meaning meaning of, of vegan. I think, well, I'm not, and again, I'm not saying, not again, but I'm not saying that like vegan is like the, the highest tenet of leftist politics or that like no, you have sure, to be vegan to I be leftist don't think so. or that being vegan is any better than anything else. I just think just for pure like easy semantics, it does still have to mean you don't consume animal products no sure i just uh, that was a question it, that i was thinking yeah about. I, th- I think that is just something where like it doesn't hurt anybody for it to continue to mean that and for like safety's sake i need to be able to ask is this vegan and know oh, that yeah, that means and know that that there are not animal something. products in it no definitely. Um, I, I so understand like that. i think that is partially something where like that needs to continue to mean something for people's like dietary needs um because I think that's like a, a like a safety thing for people's health mm-hmm. that that needs to continue to mean something. It's like gluten free yeah. needs to mean, mean something actually for people's like health. You no, know what definitely. I mean? Definitely, because it is because I am <clears throat> highly allergic and will have a severe allergic reaction to a lot of animal products. Yeah, like, I would feel if something somebody like if we, if it just meant a political definition and I was like, is this vegan? But there were like ethically raised eggs if you think that's something that can there's plenty of people who also don't think that it's ethical to eat animal products regardless i don't know that i agree with those people yeah um and especially not of course none of those people that i know would argue that in the case of like indigenous like traditions well yeah that's very different like cultural traditions that's very different yeah um but uh, essentially, the the principle is if you have the opportunity to, if you live in like a a metropolitan area generally, if you live in like an integrated city and not in some sort of traditional land, and you have the opportunity not to consume animal products, you shouldn't. You have an obligation not to. Um, but anyway, I uh, so yeah, so so if that only meant a political identity, and again, there was like, I asked, is this vegan? But that meant like that just meant something different and mm-hmm. I there ended up being like ethically raised eggs in it or something, I would get very sick yeah, if exactly. I ate it. Yeah. And so that's why that, to me, that also, it's like words mean different things, right? Like that also needs to mean that there just aren't Multiple animal things. products in it. Um, so to bring us back to queer, uh, I was just thinking about this as we were talking about the definition of veganism versus plant-based, um, which is a very white queer culture thing to do, um, is something that I experience in a lot of surveys that I participate in online about queerness and in a lot of discussion-based things and in my own mind is uh, queer is an umbrella term, which we've mentioned earlier. So I was recently taking a survey about money on autostraddle, um, and it asked me, uh, what is your identity and what are other things that you also consider to identify as? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a fascinating question because the answer that I gave to what is my like 
primary identity was lesbian mm-hmm. because I feel like that defined what part of their reader base I was primarily, but then it gave me the option to say, these are other identities. Do you also identify with any of these? And I was like, yes, uh, bisexual, lesbian, trans. Uh, I don't know if trans was in it, but I would have clicked that. And then also queer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that is, is just really interesting that it both can mean all of this, but it's also an umbrella term. And there are a lot of people who... Uh, are like younger lesbians who do not like the term queer because they feel like it erases their identity as a lesbian. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious about your your thoughts about queer as umbrella and whether that pardon me, and whether that is like I thought that was the cat. No, that was that was my foot. Um I think the queerest thing about the term queer is that it can mean all sorts of different things. Mm-hmm. And that it means different things contextually. See, I did the opposite in that survey. I clicked what is your identity? I clicked queer and then what are other things you identify as? Like clicked like lesbian, bisexual, uh, asexual, et cetera. Um, And that to me, queer is like my catch-all umbrella term for what I am that feels very comfy. And then like, then there's like multiple aspects that make up that queerness to me. Yeah, I think if I could go back and do that survey again, I might do the same thing because my, everything about, my sexual and gender identity would fall under the category queer, Mm -hmm. right? But then when you get down into the specifics, I identify politically and socially and by choice as a lesbian, but my sexuality is actually bisexual, but I choose not to act on that because bisexuality does not mean a focus on men, bisexuality can mean a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just like to say that whenever I talk about bisexual, because people always forget that bisexual can mean a lot of things. Yeah. Um, and then also uh, transgender, and then also uh, also just queer works as well in like that secondary area. But I think that that's really interesting that you can like break apart queer within an individual and understand what aspects of them. Make, make them queer mm-hmm. but then also like I would be curious if another question on that survey would be like what is your political stance about these particular issues uh-huh. or how do you feel about gay marriage or etc like I think that 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 could break down that identity a little more mm-hmm. I, I don't know I don't know because uh fuck I'm trying to think about video games now because I don't know of many video games where you can choose to say, like, I am queer. A lot of the time, most video games that I know of, even, like, quote-unquote progressive ones, like, Iron Bull identifies as pansexual. Mm-hmm. Like, Iron Bull doesn't say I'm queer, you know? Does Iron Bull say he's pansexual? I think he does. I don't think so, because those terms don't exist in... Oh, that's probably Thetis. true. I think that identity was placed onto him, which I yeah. um, definitely disagree with, because I think that... He could, he's like polysexual in some capacity. He yeah, he doesn't. Those those identifiers don't exist in Theta. So yeah. somebody else put that on him, but he doesn't say the word pansexual because that word. Does, it's like Sarah doesn't say she's a lesbian. That's true. Because that term doesn't exist in uh, Theta. Well, um, all of these terms, or at least not in Ferelden, because we put meaning onto them. Right? right. Like that's the whole field and understanding of it, and it's just really interesting to me that those terms are evolving so quickly with what they mean. Mm-hmm. And I feel like yeah. Some people are being kind of left in the dust. 
Well, I think, again, it's, it's just, it means different things to different people, and I don't think there should be gatekeepers. I think, I personally don't agree that queer is personal or is purely a sexual identity, so I don't think that, like, st- heterosexual people who are kinky are queer, and mm. I don't think that heterosexual people who are furries are queer, and I don't like that there are certain, fur- like, members of the furry community who think just being a furry makes them queer. I don't agree, because I think queerness is not only about sex, because otherwise, like, that completely erases all asexual people. Um, so I think like how you like to fuck is not the thing that makes you queer. But doesn't asexuality also relate to sex? Just that it's I guess that's thereof? true. Yeah, it's, it's sort of a negation thereof. Yeah, I guess that that's fair. Mean that yeah, it's just entirely unrelated. Because one of the things about queer that I appreciate, which is not to disagree with you, but just to add on to your point, is that it is reclaiming our sexual natures. Because Completely. so much of um, homogenous gay agenda has been to separate homosexuals from the sex acts and just sanitize us for the viewing public mm-hmm. and make us like um, uh, romantic or dead or mm-hmm. not having not fucking basically or in like oh, oh. or in the case of like asexuals just not representing you at all or representing ah. you with malice and. Uh, uh, making fun of, mm-hmm. like teasing. That There's exactly identity. one good representation of asexuality that and I can think you? of in mainstream media, <laughs> and it's Todd on BoJack Horseman, oh, who is canonically really? asexual, and it's a whole really well done arc I about that. it. I, I, I keep watch telling you to watch BoJack know, Horseman. Sorry. It's a very I good know. show. Oh, There's a lot it. of nuanced identity. Listen, that's really cool. And they have a canonically asexual character. So, so anyway, I guess what I'm trying to say is like the thing. One of the things that I like about queer is that it brings us back to mm-hmm. that sort of. Uh, because it also reminds me of a lot of the ties of the BDSM community to the queer community. Sure. And I really uh, appreciate and respect and uh, yeah. those, those roots. I guess I'll change my thing because it's kind of like we were talking about that like the other way that we use queer is queer is an identity whereas like gay is a sexuality. Like you can be gay without being queer. Mm-hmm. And, like we were talking about kind of at the beginning of this conversation mm-hmm. that like a homo capitalist like right wing gays are not queer. No, like and so fucking th- Andrew Sullivan isn't queer. Yeah. Fucking Milo Yiannopoulos. <laughs> yeah, Milo Yiannopoulos is not queer. So I think like stuff like that. I think so. I think you could be a member of the BDSM community, and that can make you queer if that's an identity. If you have political, even if you only like to fuck like quote unquote different sex partners or whatever, and you consider mm-hmm. yourself otherwise heterosexual. If you like have non-normative political identities and non-normative sexual identities and you like are politically active in things that like are in line with and support queerness i think that maybe can make you queer but, but it i think it's contextually it's completely whether whether that makes you queer or right not. because yeah. i think that there are a lot of different ways that the word queer is applied mm-hmm. the act the of being kinky alone does not make you queer no like if you like fucking sometimes get spanked when you're having sex or sometimes yeah. have your hair pulled I don't think that you or can even if you are like bedroom and be like yeah hey. you do have like a fuck dungeon and you like are fully kinky but you're but really you hate gay people or like you're really vanilla in your day-to-day life like if you live and breathe kink like I think that's queer like people I mean, who like fair. walk each around on leashes all the time I think that's queer I, I don't I disagree it. with you. And I think that there are different interpretations and applications of the word queer because there's queer in the academic context, which mm-hmm. includes a whole variety smorgasbord of things which are not just limited to homosexuality mm-hmm. or transgenderism. And um, like that's 
fascinating and invigorating to me that you have changed uh, one of your definitions based on a discussion. Um, and I'm curious whether we would be inclined to include uh, non-monogamy and polyamory in that definition of queer, because those yeah. are methods of doing sex, romance, and relationships, or lack thereof, that are non-normative. Mm -hmm. I think, again, yeah, if you, like, if you just sleep with multiple people, like, fine, great, but if, like, you don't, that's not, like, an identity of yours, I think people who identify as polyamorous, I think that is a queer identity. Yeah, it is Because I think you identity. can sleep with or date multiple people without necessarily identifying as polyamorous. Mm -hmm. uh, either you just cheat or, like, you just, like, I don't know, you're I'm just sleeping around. around whatever, Which is fine. Yeah. That's totally that's fine. Great. There's nothing wrong with that, no. but I don't think that is queer. I think that's just a thing people do. Um, but I think dating around is just a thing you do until you, like, find a partner no, sometimes. Totally. You know what I mean? Um, but... Uh, there's, but like if that is an identity that you hold and you were like part of a community, I think maybe community is tied to that queerness, right? Like yeah, because the BDSM yeah. community and the polyamorous community, that's community. Yeah, totally. And even, like it's not your fault if you can't find a community, right? Like you don't have no, sure. to be like engaged in a community. But you're still a part of a larger existing right. group of people. Right, right. So like if you just date around but you're not part of, like you don't consider yourself or you don't seek out or you don't like identify as part of the polyamorous community, that's not queer. But if you do, then I think that, absolutely can be queer. But I also uh, want to explore my feelings and possibly your feelings of if a straight, white, cis man came up to me and I was done with a performance or something about my queerness, which I do, um, and was like, hey, thank you so much for doing this. I am also queer. I would be like, oh, cool. And he's like, yeah, I have like a sex dungeon or yeah, I have like to uh, two wives or something, um, I would feel a little put off by that. And I want to explore that feeling of uncomfortability because I do agree that those things are queer acts, but I... I would just want to talk to the person I would just it. want to talk to the person and perhaps explore that with that person if they were open to it. Um, so one thing, and, and uh, you two can... Um of course, respond to this and, and what? learn me some. Yeah, no way. Uh, but, my, you know, my thinking on that would be that um, that individual wouldn't have to deal with uh, the ramifications of that queerness in day-to-day -day life. It wouldn't be this visible or, um, like, constant thing mm -hmm. that they have to deal with. And my counterpoint to that is that a lot of queer people who are not, quote-unquote, visibly queer or stereotypically queer-looking don't have to deal with that in day-to-day -day life. Like a lot of like queer femmes, for instance, who are just read as straight women for being feminine, uh, don't have to deal necessarily with like homophobia walking down the street in the way that like Kai and I might. But also there's a huge amount of erasure for them within the queer community, so they have to deal with that. Like a lot of like quote unquote passing queer people don't necessarily have to deal with that, like walking down the street on a day-to-day -day basis, but it absolutely doesn't make them less queer. It's just a different experience of being queer. But they also experience uh, constant microaggressions and erasure of their identity, mm -hmm. and also they have to hear homophobic remarks, mm -hmm. which I don't because necessarily... They're read as because they're straight. red as straight. Which, which may be more in line with what I was trying well, yeah, to exactly. say, is that um, it's that... Person, you've described the hypothetical cis white, cis white male, male coming up and saying that that is queerness. I, you know, those type of microaggressions. No one's walking around 
saying slurs for people who like to tie up their partners or something like that or yeah. or see multiple partners. And so I think that there's there's um, a lack of um, I don't know. I, I just don't think that that. I, I get what you're saying. I would right. need to have a deeper conversation with the person in question. Well, no, right. exactly. It comes down to the person, but also there are microaggressions mm-hmm. that people say about uh, BDSM and about polyamory mm-hmm. b- with just the basic enforcement of monogamy on our society mm-hmm. that is so consistent and prevalent in every piece of media and every uh, relationship that you often see out in the world. I would consider like that reinforcement microaggressions that that person does have to experience, mm-hmm. and also the uh, the shame that is associated mm-hmm. with being a BDSM practitioner is hot, but also very uh, prevalent well, as yeah. well. And it's not hot for everybody. Like no, not everybody I, I, likes. It was a yeah. Bit. Thank you. Not everybody likes like humiliation and shame. Play. No, I'm, like I don't no. at all. For instance, but like yeah, like it's it's it's. For some people, like, constantly being seen as a freak and just not being able to talk about their, like, sexual joy with their partner is not different from how some people, some, like, Queen gay people, people experience not being able to talk about their partner, yeah, arguably. So, so I think that there is an amount of, like, aggression and shame that that, and just obfuscation that that person may or may not enjoy from And I don't want to get into the oppression society. Olympics here because yeah. I don't necessarily want to say that one oppression is better or worse than any other oppression right. because I feel like that disregards, that that basically creates community infighting, which is exactly what the oppressive systems want. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, they want us to gatekeep and they want exactly. us to try to decide who is more and less So queer. I feel like through exploring that uncomfortable, uh, not uncomfortability, Discom- discomfort. discomfort. Thank you, Hannah. I do that every episode. I uh-huh. feel like. You've done it like 10 times this episode. I know. Exploring that discomfort has allowed me to greater understand the reasons for why I would be inclined to keep that person out of the queer community. Partially because I just generally don't trust a man unless he's already been vetted by somebody else. Right, which uh, is kind of a you thing. Which is definitely a me thing, I will say. So, so like that, that's interesting to me. That's engaging to me because I do think that the systems that be and the people who are enforcing those systems are interested in keeping us separated, right? Mm-hmm. And all of us hold uh, marginalized identities and all of us hold... Uh, Oppressive identities. What is that? What is the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Oppressive. Privilege. Privilege. Privilege identities. Not all of us hold marginalized identities and not all of us hold privileged identities, but most of us have a combination of both. Yeah, totally. It's very rare to find somebody who is like so fucking privileged or like so fucking marginalized and just kind of understanding the ways that those things interact. Like if that man were to come in to my community and understand the privilege that he held while also holding space for his marginalized identities... Then, then he's welcome. Good, good on him. Like yeah. that's awesome, and I feel grateful to have uh, a community member, an ally, and a friend like that in that space. Um, and we have a friend who I just described you. I realize, except that Aaron doesn't, to my knowledge, doesn't consider himself queer. No, I'm not saying that you consider yourself queer, but the identities that I listed were actually yours. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, that was just like a Sorry, very I was, I was zoned. I was. I was zoned out thinking about something I have no, to do okay. later today. No, that's okay. That was just a very <laughs> sudden realization that I came to that I was like, oh, wow, that's Aaron that I'm describing, and I am grateful for you as a community member, an ally, and a friend, and appreciate the work that you do both with your privileged and marginalized identities. 
which I think is just something to be cognizant of, I guess. Yeah. Huh. And we have a friend uh, who, you know, came out to us this summer who is queer, but Mm -hmm. he, part of his, his, like, hesitancy for coming out as queer or, like, for wanting to exist as a queer man was not wanting to lose his identity as a straight ally and not wanting to feel like he was, like, losing that privilege. And I feel like that's maybe, or, like, that he didn't have a right to claim that or something. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's maybe part of that, like, the danger of what that gatekeeping can, he is, I think in his day-to-day life, I would say probably mostly read as a cishet white man. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, when not all of those things are true about him. Um, and so it's just like, I think we just always need to engage in a conversation with it, and I don't think it's ever our place to say baseline that person is queer or not queer until we have more information. You know what I mean? So like if that yeah. person like is like, I consider myself queer and here's why, and you have a conversation with him about it, like it Great. is not your place to say no, you're wrong. No, definitely, because here's something that I see all the time is people express extreme fear about uh, men, quote-unquote, masquerading as women, using the women's bathroom, mm-hmm. right? And something that I believe and something that I have seen some of my trans and gender nonconforming siblings say is I would rather have 10,000 trans people be able to use the bathroom of their choice safely and 10 not-trans people take advantage of that situation. I agree with that. Yeah, like, I, people yeah. are going to, whether or not... Exactly, those people, people are, are going to do Those people are going to do it not, anyway. It's like, becomes it's, legal for us to use the bathroom of our choice. Right, it's not, it's not about the laws. It's that if a scuzzy man was going to go try and creep on people in the bathroom... He was going to do it He no was going to do that said. regardless, and he's always done that. As mm-hmm. far as we know, there are zero... Rep- recorded incidents of trans people attacking people in bathrooms. But there are so many recorded but there are many recording people inc- being attacked. Right, in and there are many recorded incidents of just, like, men attacking women in bathrooms and, like, going into and bathrooms everywhere. and everywhere. So it has nothing to do with, no. like, the laws regarding bathrooms. Like, if people are monsters, they're going to be monsters regardless Definitely. of what laws exist. And uh, similarly to uh, our friend's experience, I have had multiple friends feel hesitant about coming out as non-binary because they're not masculine enough. Right, or they're not androgynous looking enough or whatever. I've had a lot of friends not want to come out as trans because they don't want to medically transition. And Mm -hmm. like, that's super fucked up, I think. And there's, preventing those people from experiencing themselves to the fullest extent Mm -hmm. they want to be. And it's, it's, it talks, this is a whole separate conversation to talk about everybody's notion of androgynous is masculine of center. They're focusing too much on the andro and not enough on the genus. Yeah. Which I am very tired of because men is seen as the average because the history of gender is that the male gender was created first in European colonizers. Um, and then women were seen as quote unquote not men. Right. And then we invented women after the fact. So yeah. that's why man is seen as like the right. average so, like, or whatever. The idea and like most like quote unquote inclusive clothing companies or whatever that's claimed to make androgynous or like. Don't make any like, skirts or dresses that I've seen. Uh, yeah, that make like uh, non gendered clothing. It's all just like Ellen Page's wardrobe. It's which like. Which is great. Which, which is, is a great, great wardrobe, wardrobe and I love it, yeah. but that's not, not for gender inclusive. Like, they, no. yeah, they're not making like skirts and they're making like skinny pants and button up shirts mostly. And it conforms to a standard of white uh, androgyny, which is, you know. I embody, and I think that I get a lot of privilege from that. Oh, completely. And I like that aesthetic, but it's also caused me to, like, feel discomfort in, like, it, like 
dressing more femme and stuff because I just don't want people to make a whole thing about it when I really like dressing femme and I yeah, really like it playing with femme identity and I haven't in a long time because I feel like I'm like expected to be a certain like way expected to be this big butch like yeah to be like a like butch or to be like if I'm identifying as gender fluid like I've got to be this like masculine yeah. or androgynous person there's a lot of pressure some, yeah, there and I sometimes know. feels really good and mm-hmm. sometimes it's not at all what I want and I want to break out of that and like address the reasons for that discomfort and definitely like, explore that, that more. yeah yeah um i uh something that i've been doing recently that i forget if i talked about on the podcast is reclaiming some of my old clothes that i've held on to from when i dress more femininely and reclaiming like wearing makeup more often um i have yet to wear a dress or a skirt because those things still feel very uncomfortable for me and that's okay that yeah. they do like i've but never like, particularly liked those things they i've never liked them either yeah. and there are very few occasions in which i would think that i would want to wear yeah. one i have but one like, really nice dress that i want i want to yeah. wear every once in a blue moon because it's the only article of clothing that i have that is technically black tie formal i love that if i needed to go to a black tie formal i event. do really want a very nice fancy black dress i think i used to have one but i don't remember what i did with it but Anyway, point being, like, I think that those are things that people like us who are expected to feel comfortable exploring gender should be allowed to feel more oh, comfortable absolutely. doing. Yeah. Like, it's kind of uh, super fucked up that I yeah. feel like I have like, to aspire to this. And yeah. also, it keeps me safe. Like, mm-hmm. looking masculine keeps me safe. Yeah. And I get privilege <clears throat> from that. Like, I getting treated as a man is a privilege. And that's... Not something that I want to hold on to, but also I don't want to be put in physical danger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, like the notion that androgynous must be masculine. Yeah. And the notion that you must dress androgynous to look non-binary enough or what have yeah. you. Um, and that even like even this supposedly like inclusive series of gender identities or whatever privileges masculinity and privileges whiteness whiteness well yeah privileges whiteness and privileges like toxic masculinity and is uh, is fat phobic also is fat phobic and is adverse to the feminine completely yes. adverse to the feminine and that that the feminine cannot be included in that conversation is incredibly misogynistic that is exactly how I feel about the Instagram page sad butch collective mm-hmm. um, I, I feel have like unfollowed. yeah I feel like they are perpetuating a dangerous idea of what it means to be masculine and what it means to be butch and what it means to be trans Mm -hmm. and saying some things against trans feminine people and trans women that I just really don't appreciate that is currently happening right now in our community Uh because they're a representative of this huge problem that's happening in the trans and non-binary community which is privileging masculinity Mm -hmm. and privileging yeah privileging quote-unquote androgyny but it's it's masculine of center androgyny under the mask of androgyny but it's not because i don't necessarily know if there's such thing as true androgyny while we still operate under a binary or totally ternary gender but it doesn't yeah it doesn't leave any room for femininity at all because it is misogynistic and it 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 is adverse to the feminine and it thinks the feminine is negative. If you want to hear more about my thoughts on how instead of having a gender binary, we are now going to enforce a gender ternary, uh, go to my blog at transmasculinetransposition.com because I have a lot of thoughts and feelings about that, especially with the new X gender marker mm-hmm. in some states in the U.S. And that's a conversation for another day because yeah, we should start to wrap is. it up. Yeah, it's a long, I, um, that's a long conversation for I, another day. Yes. I have really appreciated having this talk with you because something that I really uh, respect about you is... Um, your uh, intellect, the uh, listening and compassion that you bring to a conversation, as well as your uh, 
openness to new ideas and fleshing out ideas with me, and I just really appreciate that. So thank you, Hannah. I appreciate that about you, too. Thanks, Kai. Thanks, Thanks, everybody. So you can find us on the internet at, uh, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Gay Gamers, G-A-Y-G-A-M-E-R-Z. Um, you can email us at if it's gay we play at gmail.com. You argue with us more about our smash bracket please. or other things that we've said. Or anything. Um, please tell us we're wrong. We enjoy that. It I love breeds good conversation. I like to learn. Um, I love growing. And I like to grow. And I like to live. I like to love. I like to learn. I, love I like to, to laugh. laugh. I love to kiss. I like to write. Fuck, I like to fuck. Fight. I like to fight. Um, it's just the way that we live, you know? Yeah, dude. Um, we are going to be on a, we just recorded a guest episode on another podcast called Supernova Girls. We love them. About Disney Channel original movies. So that is very funny. good. Go listen to them. They're yeah, very funny. Shit. They're going through the whole canon of Disney Channel original movies bit by bit. So far they have done, um, uh, Go Figure, the, the one Phantom about figure skating and the Phantom of the Megaplex. I love that We episode. were on it. We just recorded an episode that's about Cadet Kelly that will be coming out later this month. Yeah, we're so um, stoked. So we'll let you know when that is out. But go like, rate, and subscribe to them. Oh, Supernova. Please. Girls on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast, and like, rate, and subscribe to us. Uh, if it's gay, we play on and. iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and tabletop potluck. Um, also, go to stickpokeprod.com and listen to all the other shows on the network, like This Is Grandma's House and uh, Encyclopedia about what makes people the way that they are. And that podcast that I was talking about that I was on earlier is uh, not out yet, not so we'll out talk yet about and it, untitled. and it doesn't have a title, so we'll talk but about it. We'll talk about it in when the future it does. When it comes That's out. why I wasn't going to mention it, is because it does not exist yet. I was going to mention it just because it was fun. Well, it was. And I want to make sure that, um, that when it comes out, we have a little ad point for it. Well, yeah, when it exists, we'll talk right, about it. Fine. It doesn't exist yet. Listen. Um, but all those other podcasts do exist, and you should go listen yes, to them. Um, our episode of Supernova Girls, we'll let you know when it's out. It'll be coming out later this month. But yeah. in the meantime, listen to the episodes they do have, because they're very entertaining. Yes. Um, and that's probably all from oh, us. Uh, other, other stuff on the network, other stuff on Stick I did. I already Prod. said that. Oh, you did? Okay, yeah, you great. weren't listening. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, we're gonna go now. Yeah. So keep playing gay. Keep being games. And fuck shit up. Goodbye. Goodbye. We love you. We love you, bye.